Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WFAN. WFAN-FM. New York. is no reason for anybody to get this excited on a Sunday morning. Then again, life is much too short not to have some fun. And good morning, everybody. I'm Bob Salter. Welcome to our program. Hopefully you are well and enjoying this warm stretch of weather. Here we are in July. Very appropriate song of the day we have for you, as a matter of fact. Talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. Hour one of our program, I'm pleased to say that we have a guest who is uh, joining us we've spoken with um, before on this program, had a good discussion with her at that time. And this discussion is going to cover a couple of different areas that I think are going to be of uh, interest to a lot of folks listening to this program this morning. Her name is Florence Ann Romano. Florence Ann Romano is known as the Windy City Nanny. Uh, she is a dedicated philanthropist, a former nanny, and she's also an author that she's going to talk with us about. The experience of being a nanny, and there have been some things in the news um, about, well, about the idea of precautions that I guess people can take in their homes. And there's a story that um, is a very unfortunate one about a nanny who was uh, caught basically committing a crime. We'll talk about that in the course of this discussion. We'll also get into talking a little bit, too, about child care centers and some of the standards that are used and who it is that they hire. First of all, it's nice to have you back on our program. Good morning. It's wonderful to be back. Good morning to you. And good morning. I'm uh, pleased to, in this discussion, um, get into a lot of different areas. I love to do some background. I introduce you as the Windy City Nanny. I know you wear that title well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have heard that term nanny and those who've had experience with it may know what that's all about but what is a nanny 
A nanny is really anyone who is taking care of a child in your absence. And that definition has changed so much in the modern day. People are really tempted to go back to the old school definition where they're thinking, oh, this is Upper East Side of New York, someone taking care of your kid and you never see your children. That's not what it is anymore. 60% of families in America today have child care, have a nanny. I mean, that is an enormous statistic that continues to grow as long as the employment rate continues to grow. So you're not looking at something that's trendy. You're looking at something that is part of our culture today. So if you can kind of back away from the old school definition of thinking this is just a a live-in person that's raising your children in your absence, it, it will behoove you because you need to move forward with the progressive movement of what child care is. And that really is anyone who is taking care of your children, whether it's a stranger to a grandparent. Well, when we talk about nannies you know, in 2017, what kind of different pressures are there than, let's say, when you started? It's different because they're so involved in the children's lives now in perhaps a different capacity that they were. And, and I know that sounds funny thinking, oh, well, they used to, you know, just be there to raise the kids in the absence. So how can they be more involved now? Well, you have to look at it from the perspective that these parents still want to be involved in their children's lives, but they're asking for these nannies to be an extension of the values of their family. So I'm hoping to see more of a movement where the nannies are like you said, having the pressure to make sure that they're fitting in with the culture of the family. So the families are more involved with the process. They're more involved with the vetting. They're more involved with how involved this nanny is going to be in their children's lives. So when you are looking for a nanny, this is something you need to think about as the parent. You need to do a kind of a self-evaluation of your family and your needs. And the nannies today need to look at the families and think, hmm, can I fit in? In here, can I get on board with the family values? So there is a lot more self-evaluation that goes into it now, I believe, than you were seeing back then. Well, when you talk about the idea of becoming a nanny, how did you become one in the first place? Well, I was one of those little girls that just loved babies from the get-go. I used to ask my mom to take me to the hospital to get my baby when I was little. And what I meant was, please take me to the toy store so I can get a baby doll. So I think I was kind of born into the role. But at 11 years old, I started as a mother's helper uh, with families in the neighborhood and shadowed the moms, basically, and learned what went on in the family and what they did with the children. And once I was an appropriate age, in my early teens, I started doing the babysitting thing that most young girls did, and that really morphed into me becoming a nanny in the later years. And I nannied for many, many different families. Even when I was in college, uh, I went uh, uh, in, in Illinois, I went to Bradley University, and I would even nanny for my professor's children. So it was something that was truly a part of me. What did you say, or what do you say is the most rewarding part of being a nanny? 
It actually just happened a couple years ago. I had the full circle moment. I was at a wedding, and one of the girls that I babysat and nannied for years and years was there, and I hadn't seen her in forever. She had moved to the East Coast. She ran up to me and said, oh, my gosh, Warren's in. I haven't seen you in so long. And, and we had talked. I still stay in touch with all of the kids that I nannied for, but I don't get to see them. And she said to me, you are still the voice in my head all these years later. And that was probably the most beautiful beautiful and fulfilling moment and full circle moment, like I mentioned, that I could get. Because who, who else could ask for anything more that you've, you've made an impact, a positive impact in a child's life and an adult's life now? In introducing you, Florence Ann Romano, I mentioned the fact that you're an author. Tell us what the book Nanny and Me is about. I wrote Nanny and Me based on my experience as a nanny, but told it from the child's perspective, because what I saw in the children's book market was that there was a huge void. There was nothing out there that explained child care in simple and exciting and secure terms for children. So I compiled all of my favorite memories and put it into a book, and now I'm happy to say so many parents nationally are using it as a tool to help explain why they have a nanny or why they have child care, because truthfully, it, it can be a traumatizing experience for a child when they have a stranger coming into the home, or even if it's not a stranger, it's someone other than their parents, and they compare themselves to their friends or people at school, and they wonder why their mom is not staying home with them or their dad is not staying at home with them. Does it mean they are not as loved? Did they do something wrong? These are questions that truly plague children, and I wanted to answer those for them and made sure that parents also got peace of mind knowing they were making the right decision for their children. Now, that's an interesting area. I mean, do you find that parents kind of question themselves when they're getting started with the nanny? Absolutely. They are so worried and so plagued with guilt that they're having someone else help them raise their child. And I always say to parents, look at this nanny like a godparent, like an aunt or an uncle, because let's face it, we've got male nannies now much more than we did before. So look at this person as a role model in your child's life. And don't beat yourself up over the fact that you need help. There's nothing wrong with that. But also not to compete with the nanny. They're not replacing you as the parent. That's not what they're there for. And you need to make sure you understand that. And that actually is articulated to the nanny coming into the family that you still are the parent. You still are going to be involved. When you talk about the fact that there are more male nannies, how recent a trend is that? We're seeing that more in, in the last five, you know, maybe, maybe eight, five to eight years. I have to say one of uh, my friends, their nanny is the grandfather. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. I mean, who wouldn't want to be able to provide that bond or that relationship with a grandparent for the grandchildren? So you're, you're seeing a lot of different ways families are, are building child care to suit their needs. And and male nannies, it's a great idea. It's, it's a great movement that we're seeing, especially because families are built so differently today in our very modern society. You have gay parents, and sometimes those parents may want the opposite sex to take care of their children in their absence because they want that exposure for the child or whatever is missing in the child's life, perhaps. They want to bring that into the fold.
We're talking on our program on the fan, Sports Radio 66, Sports Radio 1019, this Sunday morning with Florence Ann Romano, the Windy City Nanny. She is the author of the book Nanny and Me. She's our guest this hour of our program. we got a lot more to get to in our discussion with her here on the fan. It is Sunday morning on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We're in a discussion with Florence Ann Romano on our program. She's known as the Windy City Nanny. She is the author of the book Nanny and Me, and she's talking with us this hour of our program. I want to shift into discussion and talking about uh, something I alluded to in introducing you at the top of the hour, and that's this uh, story about this nanny who was caught beating a child with special needs. Um, You know, just mentioning that phrase or that topic probably gets an immediate reaction from everybody listening to our discussion. When you first heard about this case, what was your reaction? Disgusted and heartbroken. I think like most people would be, but it was especially sensitive uh, for me because I have a brother with autism, 17 months younger than myself. And so it hits quite an exposed nerve for me. And it makes you so mad to think that a human being would treat someone with special needs or even anybody in that sort of manner, uh, but especially someone who is not able to defend themselves or communicate the way that we are able to communicate. So it begs the question, can you really trust another person to take care of your children, whether they are typical or have special needs? But in this case of seeing a nanny do that, how do you prevent it? How do you make sure that you're not going to have someone in the home that is going to abuse the children? Again, regardless of special needs or typical, but especially when they cannot defend or communicate for themselves. And there is a way to do it, and I believe that's through surveillance, through nanny cams, and through the proper vetting of a nanny. Okay, let's take the last part of that statement first. This proper vetting of a nanny, how do you go about doing that? Going back to what I said earlier about values, this is a very important topic for me that I think is undervalued, no pun intended, uh, in the world today. Every family has a different set of values. They have a different way of running their family. And it is your job as the parent to make sure you are taking that interview process very seriously and that selection process very seriously. So if you're going to hire a nanny through an agency or you're going to do it on your own through referrals in the community, you need to get super involved in hiring this person. And I mean do your own intel. Hire someone to do a background investigation if you want. I don't think you should just trust an agency saying they're going to do a background check. You need to do your own digging. And I mean that you need to go online, throw their name into Google and see what populates and go on Instagram and Facebook and see what's going on in social media. You get to really know a person in those ways. And don't feel bad about it. This is These are your children. These are your most precious possessions. So you need to get involved. So when you're vetting these nannies, you need to also employ a tiered process. You're going to call them on the phone, and then you're going to have them come over and meet you for coffee, then bring them into the house, see how they interact with the children. You need to take the time to make sure this person is a right fit in your family. Realistically, would most people do that? 
that's exactly the problem is everyone's busy. And I get that. Everyone's busy and they need to get everything done yesterday. And especially when parents have to go back to work and it's, and it's on their to-do list. I, I get that. But you need to take the responsibility of hiring a nanny the same way you would in corporate America of any job that you had. You need to take it just as seriously and put in that effort. So if you're not doing it, I'm here to tell you today, you need to change your ways. You need to start doing that because if something happens, and I hate to pull the guilt trip, but you know, that's kind of what I like to do, that you, it's only going to be your fault at the end of the day if you didn't do the proper vetting. And is it worth it? Is it really worth it? I, you know, with that child that had the nanny that um, was abusive and he had special needs, I have no idea what the vetting process process was for that nanny. They could have done everything right, and that still happened. And you know what? That is life. It's true. I can't tell you that I'm going to be able to foolproof the system and say, you know, this is how you do it, and you'll, you'll never have anyone that will do anything wrong, because people are still human beings, and they are still very much uh, full of flaws. So the best thing you can do is take every precaution necessary and it is by the vetting process okay now this process of surveillance as you mentioned you know you say surveillance and a lot of us probably think whoa (laughs) i know what's this crazy person saying right Um, how involved does this surveillance Yet. So this is an interesting topic and one I, I really, really believe in. Nanny cams are a huge part of society today, and I want to break it down for people to understand why this can be so beneficial and what the legalities are of it as well. So in all 50 states, you are able to have a nanny cam. It is completely legal. All video footage in all 50 states, you can have, it will hold up in court. The only caveat to that is there are certain states, like my state of Illinois, where you have to get the nanny's permission in order to record the audio. And if you don't have their permission, it does not stand up in court. So you need to decide what is important to you in terms of surveillance. Now, think about it this way. The child, the special needs child that you referred to, the, the way that was caught was through surveillance. And how lucky that family is that that was caught. So you have to remember that when children cannot speak, when they cannot communicate, even if they're young, typical children, there needs to be a way to trust and verify what is going on in the home. And a nanny cam can do that for you. It is also a huge peace of mind for a parent thinking there are eyes there when they can't be. And there is nothing wrong with having a nanny cam. It does not make you, you know, invasive. It doesn't make you untrustworthy. It's, it makes you a parent. It makes you someone who wants to make sure that they've made the right decision and can be an active part of making sure those children are safe and taken care of in your absence. So this is a hidden camera Yes. in the home. It, it is a hidden camera. You can make the nanny aware that it's there if you want, it, if you're just going to do the video footage. Uh, if you're going to do the audio, like I mentioned, you need to, you need to get their permission for that. But yes, it is, 
it is video footage, it is a secret camera, and you'll be truly very surprised to find the things that you find on a nanny cam, but also at the same time, let me give you the positive spin. I know a family that had a nanny cam, and the nanny did not know about it. Their child broke their arm in their crib, is the story they were told by their nanny, that they were jumping and it just it was, an, it was just an accident. The nanny told them all of this. The family said, okay, but they went to verify it. The story the nanny told completely held up. It was a total accident. She did nothing wrong. She did everything right according to the footage. So there's an example of something positive that can come from a nanny cam. Mm. We're talking with Florence Ann Romano on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. You want to join the discussion, you can. WFAN can be reached at 877-337-6666. And um, I want to share some thoughts on this idea of nanny cams. Uh, are there better places than others that are used to install them in houses or homes? Absolutely. You can be spending, you know, an obscene amount of money for the high, the highest technology <laughs> in the world, uh, or it could be, you know, very much affordable. And there are so many mommy bloggers and reviews that you find online. I would never want to promote one over the other, but there are many that, that, that you can pick from. And like I said, the Internet is so full of, of moms and dads who are sharing information about things that work for them and their families, and that's a great resource for people that are looking for the, the right technology for their family. And when you talk about the idea of, you know, using something like this, um, does this then become a situation where basically the parents then start reviewing this every day? It depends on the family. I don't know that they review it necessarily every day after the nanny's been with them for a while. Uh, sometimes it might be something they look at once a week. I would tell parents not to uh, tell the nanny how often they're, they're reviewing the, the footage, even, you know, if they know that there is uh, a camera in the house. But also my advice for nannies out there is you should be operating under the assumption that you are being videotaped every minute of the day. That's just a good rule of thumb, and you should always be doing everything that's up to snuff and that you would have no problem seeing the parents doing. Isn't that an awful lot of pressure? It is a lot of pressure, but this is not an easy job. You know, I get so mad when I hear all these young people say, oh, I'm just going to be a nanny until something better comes along. Well, that's like the worst thing you could say in my presence because I just kind of lose it a little bit because it is not an easy job. It is, it is not just something you do until something better comes along. You are taking care of someone's children. I remember when I was taking care of my first tiny little newborn, and, oh, my gosh, I, I had gotten all the CPR training and all that stuff that I needed. And I, this is before they had any sort of monitoring system for the, for the baby's you know, heart rate and breathing. I mean, I just stared at that baby while that baby slept every hour of the day because I wanted to make sure she was still breathing. I mean, this. Is, so if you think that it's so easy, it's it's not, and and it's okay to have the pressure on yourself because these are someone's children that you're taking care of. These are human lives. So I'm sorry to say that the nannies out there that are feeling the pressure, well, then you're probably a good nanny. That's that's a good thing for you to feel, and it's a good thing for parents to put on the nanny. Mm. Are there typical questions that 
parents raise um, about this whole idea of installing surveillance? Parents are kind of, they vacillate between whether or not they want to know. And I think that that is a very interesting opinion that I've heard from parents. Sometimes they just kind of want to have their head in the sand. And they're like, oh, no, I don't want to see anything, or I don't want to know. I, you know, I trust them. That's, that's the biggest opinion that I see going back and forth between parents is the idea of wanting to know and not wanting to know. But I, I always side on the air of, of cost. And, and and information is power. If your children cannot communicate, there's no way you're going to know. But if there are signs you can look for with children that are included in some sort of abuse, and it could have to do with their hygiene, it could have to do with the reaction to the nanny, their appetites, there are certain things you can look for. But I wouldn't trust that necessarily. I think that if there's any sort of question about what's going on in the home, it's a good idea to have a nanny cam. Hmm. Interesting discussion that we're having. There's a lot of different areas to go. And, you know, some of the people who are listening to this discussion also fall in the category of immediately thinking, well, wait a minute, a nanny, that's something that's not in my league. There's no way I can afford that. Okay. I want to talk about that as well in the course of this discussion and also talk about the kind of uh, reviews that take place. We'll get into talking a little bit about child care centers because you have some opinions in that area that I want to share with folks listening to us as well. I mentioned that if folks listening to our discussion today want to join the discussion, you can. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. I'm Bob Solter. We're talking with Florence Ann Romano in this hour of our program, and we've got more to share with you from her this Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. We're talking with the Windy City Nanny. Florence Ann Romano has joined us on our program. She has a website at WindyCityNanny, that's all as one word, dot com. She is the author of the book Nanny and Me, and she's talking with us on our program. I mentioned, too, if you want to join us in our discussion here, 877-337-6666. We'll get to some of the calls in uh, just a moment or two here. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in the course of this discussion falls in this area of something I alluded to before we uh, paused for our update messages. You know, a lot of people hear the term nanny and think, well, wait a minute. That's, you know, a different pay grade. Um, that's something that I would never be able to afford. Who has nannies? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way for me to say. Everybody has nannies. That's why it's it is in your wheelhouse if you think you can't afford it. Because, like I said, nanny is a totally different definition today. It could be someone who's coming to your house for a few hours after work. It could be someone who is living in the home with you. It could be someone that's there, you know, at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. gets or gets the kids to school and then picks them up. It, there are so many different variations of what a nanny does today. So that's why don't disclude yourself from the conversation about a nanny because I am talking to everybody when I am discussing child care. So 
looking at the price tag that comes with the nanny, because I'm sure that's everybody's number one question, it's going to depend on how many hours they work. It's going to depend on their level of of education. It's going to depend on what you want them to do. So the the lower side of the pay scale, you're going to be looking at maybe part-time, and that person's going to be making maybe around 20 grand a year uh, or maybe less than that, depending on what you're having them do. But it's hard to put a price tag with it unless you know the qualifications of that nanny. Mm. Okay. So that clarifies that somewhat because I'm sure for some people that immediately is like a big stop sign that comes up. Um, But you also, Bob, have to look at people who put their children in daycare. Daycare is very expensive. Bingo. So you have to think about that in terms of what is better for your family. So I, I also urge parents to think about what type of environment do you want your children to be in? Uh, do you want them to be more socialized, or would you rather them have maybe that just one-on-one experience with the nanny? Or do you want kind of a, a combination of those things? Do you want to do a nanny share program where you and, and, and you and another family in the neighborhood share a nanny? There are so many different creative ways to do it that are not going to break the bank for you, but I am not going to lie to everybody out there. It is expensive child care is expensive today. When you talk about a nanny shear program, you probably caught some people's attention. How exactly could something like that work? Many different uh, communities actually promote this idea of a nanny share program. Uh, you could find out through your church or through your school that perhaps there's a, there's another family out there that doesn't need a full-time nanny, um, and you want to share that just, just, as it, just as it says. It's as straightforward as it sounds. You want to share that nanny in your community and those children would actually be able to socialize together. It's almost like having uh, a little bit of your own daycare uh, in some way. Uh, and that's a great way also to to provide financial assistance for families that feel that it's that it, they don't want to make that to- that full commitment. Hmm. Well, the whole idea of child care and child care centers, this has become big business, as you well know, in this uh, country. And yes, there are a lot of uh, parents who take their kids on a daily basis, in many cases, to childcare. And yes, it can be very expensive at times um, in some situations. You have concerns, though, about exactly who is being hired and the qualifications of the candidates. Why are you so concerned? It's not a place to be uh, skimping. It's not a place to be frugal when it comes to hiring these child care providers. And that's why I always go back to, even if it's not a nanny that you are interviewing, that you are interviewing a child care provider in terms of daycare or whatever it might be, you still need to be involved in that process. So if it's an, if it's a company that you that you're using for child care you need to be involved with who they hire who are their employees doing your research and demanding answers it it's so important to see that these 
people who have daycares in their home or they work for a company that is a daycare are actually qualified to be taking care of the children. Again, it's not just young people that think, oh, I'll do, some, I'll do this until something better comes along. That's something you can find in, at any age where they feel that they're just going to do this because the money is easy or whatever it might be. These are your children. So what type of person do you want taking care of your children? Do you want someone that has a degree in child education? Does that, does that matter to you? Uh, what type of skills do they have in terms of children? Are, are they well-versed in CPR? Uh, do they have those qualifications? So when I'm looking at these different stories coming out in the news about how child care centers are not hiring the most qualified uh, people to take care of the children, that to me just sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard because you, you're going to get yourself in so much trouble as, as a daycare provider. If you're not hiring the right kind of people, you're setting yourself up for a lawsuit. You're setting yourself up for a real disaster here. So the only way to prevent that is you, the family, need to make sure you are doing the proper vetting and using a reputable source and making sure that everything checks out. Is part of that vetting going with recommendations? Referrals are amazing. I always like to equate it to a blind date or something. If you're being set up on a blind date and your friend was setting you up with this person, you feel like there's a built-in verification process. If it's your good friend who's setting you up, you're like, okay, they know me. They would never do anything you know, to hurt me. I, I would trust them. That's the same thing with referrals for child care. It's, if it's someone you trust, I'm not saying still don't do your own you know, background checks or hire someone to do a background check or check the referrals you know, six ways to Sunday. You should do all of those things still. But I do believe that that is a great way to find child care in your community is by talking to other parents who have gone through the process and know of someone that they think would be a great fit for the family. Hmm. Florence Ann Romano talking with us on our program on The Fan. Let's see if we can do some uh, phone calls here. Uh, 877-337-6666 is our number at The Fan. Uh, let's see. Go first over to uh, Greg in South Plainfield. Uh, Greg, thanks for holding on so long. Welcome to the fan. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about um, nannies who um, may be uh, good or may be taking training in, I would say, counter-surveillance if they think that the people aren't being honest and forthright uh, with them about the cameras. Because I know a lot of nannies who actually want the cameras and all they ask is to be honest because they have nothing to hide. I mean, I wonder how you would handle that if you were asked that question. About counter-surveillance? If they I, mean, were... I mean, a lot of nannies I know are, are figuring out, you know, where hidden cameras could be if they don't, if they think that the people are lying to them. They don't have anything to hide. But, I mean, I personally always tell people in my house, because I have surveillance in my house, that my house is under video surveillance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the right policy, but... Um, what if a nanny says, do you have cameras in your house? I, I'm very good at my job. I actually, but I don't, they don't want to be lied to. You know what I'm saying? 
and I understand if, if a nanny were to say that. Again, every person is, is, it's their prerogative. It's not the nanny for you then, truthfully. If they're going to push back against it, if they're, if they think, you know, you should trust me and, you know, that I, I don't believe in that. And that's why it, it has to be the right fit for everyone involved. And if they're start, if you have been honest with them about the cameras in the house and they're able to kind of start skirting around where those cameras are, uh, then I would say that was probably a preliminary issue that was, right. that happened. You shouldn't be telling them exactly where those cameras are. Now, the cameras cannot be in bathrooms or things like that. I mean, there are right. still legalities to it. But I would say that you bring up a good point about that, Greg, is you want to make sure that they're not able to deceive you. And that's why you have to be smart about as much about the information you're giving them. You can tell them there are cameras, but you may not tell them where they are. Although exactly, but I know more nannies right now who are very good at what they do are actually starting to take classes in counter surveillance when they think that, I mean, I know at least two or three of them are, are, are doing this because they don't want to personally don't want to work in a house where somebody's lying to them that there are, you know, are cameras where they don't expect anybody to divulge where they are, but they actually want them there in case, because of the case you have with the broken arm, for example. And that is a great case for a positive reason why you would have them. And I do think it's interesting that nannies would be would be starting to do that. It's I'm not surprised because in an age where surveillance is is, is such a big part of life uh, that there would be uh, this would be a movement that you would start seeing. But again, it it really comes down. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with. With nannies being educated and trying to, to, to you know, see, figure out how they can protect themselves in the situation, I, it's really going to come down to a case-by-case basis with what your relationship is with the nanny. Actually, hey, hey, thank you very much. It's an excellent topic for an early Sunday morning. It was so good to talk to you. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Have a good morning, everybody. You thank too. you so much. Thank you for your call this morning. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. It's brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, Pocono, and Resorts Atlantic City. Florence Ann Romano is talking with us on our program on the fan this morning. Well, when you talk about the child care centers and um, the whole idea of, you know, making this work in the best way possible for parents and for children and also for the employees of those uh, centers today. Um, Can, I guess, surveillance in a way really enhance also the operation of facilities like that? I think surveillance is a great idea no matter what. Truthfully, if it's a daycare to a household, because they're there are so many people out there that so badly want to just trust and say, okay, yeah, I, I, and I understand that. I was a nanny in the day where they weren't really using nanny cams. So these people trusted me with their children and they, they had a good relationship with me and their children liked me. It all checked out. And, and, and I was lucky. They were lucky, but in, an age today where we're seeing more and more underqualified people being hired for these jobs, it gives me pause. It truly does. And that's why surveillance is 
is the correct answer in those situations. It's about peace of mind and however you're going to get that peace of mind. And for the people that are running daycares, I have a little message for them. They need to make sure that they are doing everything they can to be hiring the right people to be taking care of those children just like they are their own. Do not hire people that have some sort of past, some sort of record, have no experience with children, uh, or trust your gut when you're interviewing them. Is this actually a person that, that you would want taking care of your niece or nephew or child or someone you love in your life? I think people need to start making it more of a personal issue when they are vetting these nannies for daycares or anything, anything like that, because then it starts to feel a little bit more real, and you might take it a little bit more seriously. Florence Ann Romano, our guest on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. She's the Windy City Nanny. Windy City Nanny, that's all as one word, dot com. Her uh, website, her book is Mom, uh, Nanny and Me, and she's uh, been kind in talking with us on our program. We're almost out of time. I want to ask you a quick question because sometimes this comes up in discussion too. The idea of babysitting. Some people will say, well, wait a minute, in this day and age, is that something that should require a college degree? This is such a fun question. Now, when I saw that article come out, I got so excited. I was like, ooh, there's so many different angles with this. But truthfully, I don't agree that a babysitter should have a college degree because I would have never been able to get my start as a nanny. (laughs) I started as a nanny way before I ever went to college. If you're talking about a difference between education, like college, and skills, as in CPR, that's the big difference. Florence, thank you very much for joining us on our program. Certainly good luck continued with your work. Thank you for having me. A lot more to get to, and we got a big surprise for you next hour here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.